Welcome to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5, a podcast created to celebrate the strength and power of seasoned women as they navigate through the challenges of their everyday life. Join us as we sit around the table with our coffee and English muffins and share our insights and wisdom gained from personal experiences, life lessons, and sometimes a good old-fashioned knock upside the head on a mixed bag of topics related to self-love, empowerment, and living with purpose on purpose. My name is Miss D, and joining me at the table are my sister queens, Lisa Renee and Darlene West. We have room at the table for you, so pull up a chair and join us. Well, great morning, great morning, and welcome to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. My name is Lisa Renee, and I will be your host for our discussion this morning. Joining me at the table this morning is our sister queen, Miss Darlene. Great morning, Miss Darlene. Great morning, Miss Lisa. <laughs> and also joining us at the table this morning is our sister queen, Miss D. Great morning, Miss D. Good morning, ladies. Okay, so before we get started, can I have Miss D bless the table for us this morning? I sure will, my sister. So glad we are back at the table with our coffee and English muffin and water. And water. (laughs) And water, absolutely. This is going to be a prayer, so let's just close our eyes. Dear God of peace, Let your gracious spirit descend on us and fill us with your incredible peace. Only you can wash over us with the assurance that all is well, that what we need will be provided, that what we fear will never come to pass. You know all that we need and walk ahead of us preparing the path for us. Help us to be still, Lord, to sit in contented silence with you, and trust in you for all that we need. Help us then to take our revived and peaceful spirits into all we do today so that others may be blessed. Lord, it is so easy for all of us to get swept up in the chaos of life. Help us today to step away from all that and step closer to you. I ask for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, and thank you so much uh, for that. And in this days and times, we definitely need prayer. Okay, so our last time at the table, we we kind of broke the ice on the start of a new discussion um, that may be sensitive to us as well as to our listeners right now with all that the world is going through. Uh, We're talking about the new normal, and... uh, the topic was the new normal, a radical, a radical movement. And why the new normal? Because that is all we are hearing. Everywhere we look uh, is, you know, is this our new normal or what will be our new normal or can't wait to get things get back to, quote, normal. Um, and since our last time at the table, the world took another shift <laughs> overnight uh, and that's the city's, quote, opening up. So that's a new phrase that we hear, you know. This city is opening up, and the city that uh, I reside in, Georgia, has opened up. A lot of controversy, a lot of 
celebration, a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, so the world has taken a lot of hits, basically uh, overnight, from waking up to looking at how we socialize, entertain, work, communicate, travel, and more, um, to now readjusting our thinking that basically determines our survival. I mean, that's basically every day we have to wake up thinking, how do I survive? And that has been something, that's not something that any of us have experienced in our lifetime. Uh, the only thing that we thought about was, you know, you know, getting through traffic or, you know, what you're going to do this evening or what you're going to do this weekend. But now we're basically looking at every day as determining our survival. So we, we peel back that another layer um, and our focus discussion at the table today, we're going to peel back another layer, and, and our focus discussion today is social isolation and the effects it has on our mental health. Because I, I, I feel like this is what we're experiencing is affecting our mental health, and we're starting uh, to see that, you know, in the news, and we've had some sidebar conversations. So um, our last time at the table, we had an accountability task, what will you radically start, stop, continue, or improve uh, in your transformation to create a picture of your new normal. But I want to table that accountability task um, and, and just revisit that at the end of our mini-series. I feel like we have a lot to address today, and I want to just dig right into it. So I want to first start off with a question for the table. How has your personal mental health been with absorbing how the world has changed overnight and the effects of the changes you've had to adopt to stay safe? Um, and I know that's, that's a pretty um, huge question. And... I um I want to you know go around the table, Miss Darlene. I want to start with you. How has your personal mental health been with absorbing how the world has changed overnight and the effects of the changes you've had to adopt to stay safe? Well, when I look at my personal survival of being here at my home, I had a piece. I, that wasn't a real great concern for me because I live alone, so I don't have to, like, wonder is staying away from this individual or noise, or, and I have that ability to control the, the noise and what I listen to and what surrounds me. I think what helps me most is striving to stay calm in the midst of what's going on. And I listen and I read enough of the news to know what's going on, but I don't keep it on. I try to uh, stay away from it because it's, it, it's overbearing, it's overload. And so since I can't do anything about it, my best bet is to, like I said, to know what's going on and then turn it off. I've been listening to more of my classical music 
soothing music that just kind of calms my soul. So even when I walk, I just put my music on, and I can really walk because I'm not focusing on anything, just listening to the music, and it's been calming. So for my survival and being in this state, that's what I have for being at home and and staying, like I said, in prayer as well, in meditation, and in, in my word. But everything is a big circle for me. So that's how I've been surviving. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And, Ms. Darlene, I'm going to, um, with some of the stuff that you said, I, I'm going to pose another question to the table um, just based on some of the things that you said. But before I do, I want to hear um, for, from our Queen D. How, have your, how has your personal mental health been with absorbing how the world has changed overnight and the effects of the changes you've had to adopt to stay safe? Well, I'm going to answer the first part of that question first. How has your your personal mental health been with absorbing how the world has changed overnight? And I think I would describe it as a tug of war. And I described it that way because certainly when this first came to pass, I can remember in those early days of, of kind of walking in um, – it was very surreal to me. I have used that word before. It was surreal to me that we woke up this one day and then, like, later on that afternoon or the next day, uh, you know, things shifted uh, upside down. And, and I admit to having to, to, to wrap my mind around this new way of living to know that, you know, things that were were firm uh, in our society or, you know, uh, solid in our society, I guess is the way to say it. Now these, these things were shut down. Um, and, and, you know, just masses of people were told overnight, stay home. So from that standpoint, it, it did take me a couple of days to wrap my mind around it. Um, and I, and I call this time a tug of war because it, 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 at times it did feel as if I was being pulled um, from one side to the next. On the one hand, uh, in, in my world, in my professional world, I had to stay aware of every happening, every news flash, breaking news update, because I was responsible for a group of people who were looking at me for decisions, for clarity, for direction, even as I myself was trying to wrap my mind around, you know, what was taking place. So in those early days, I can remember feeling overwhelmed and bombarded, and yet I had to bring myself to a, to a place of uh, stability because others were looking at me. And even in my circle, you know, uh, as, as, you know, we're all trying to figure this out and wondering what the next uh, day is going to bring and 
what other adjustments we're going to have to, to make, I felt overwhelmed. And so for me, you know, that tug of war became one of, I, I need to retreat. I need to go find a place and, 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 and a space where I can regain my peace of mind and come back to my center. And, and that tug of war, with all of that going on, in the midst of that, I, I still did find ways to hold on to my peace whether it was going out to walk or lighting my candles or my aromatherapy. You know, I had all of this going on. On the one hand, wow, okay, what's the next thing uh, that I need to communicate? Or what do we have to do now? What's, what's this? Or, oh, I need to get my peace. Or, ooh, I don't want to deal with any of it. So it, it, it sounds like a roller coaster. I just felt it was more like a tug of war to, you know, and ultimately the, the, the place that I find myself uh, after those, you know, first four weeks or so, or, uh, because now we're in week seven and I've been tracking the time, I find myself in a place of, of, of rest, I guess is the best way to say it. I think I have practiced that mental toughness, um, and, and I, I now find myself at a place of rest, and I find that this is it's, it's much easier for me to get to this place of rest than it was in the early weeks. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for that. And just, you know, real quickly, answering my own question, um, I, <laughs> I really thought I had a handle on it. I was like, okay, this is just another... Uh, you know, you have you have gone through, you know, many changes and obstacles. And one of our sisters, you know, we have our our little social circle that we started to um, come together via Zoom. And she brought up, you know, last night, you remember, she brought up how our generation is the one generation that has has been from one extreme to to the next. We have crossed over from you know, using carbon paper and uh, um, a typewriter to, you know, using a computer and, uh, you know, the dial-up phone, uh, you know, to the cell phone. So we have crossed, you know, through the decades that we have experienced, we have experienced a lot of shifts. So at first I felt like this was just another shift that I am going through in my time not realizing it was really taking a mental toll on me. Um, Because unlike Ms. Darlene, like she said, she was able to, uh, you know, she was put in a place where, you know, she lives alone, she was able to work from home, you know, the the connection um, or the exposure was basically cut. She was able to um, self-contain and and, and quarantine and, and pray, instead of panic and, and find ways to keep, you know, her spirit leveled. Um, for me, I had, I was still being exposed to areas that they were saying was unsafe. I was considered a central worker, so I had to, uh, you know, leave the home. I had to, you know, go among a place where some people were, and I'll just say reckless, not looking um to respect others and stay safe and and still acting as if that 
that change didn't happen. So not no not honoring the six feet and 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 touching you and all of those things that I didn't realize it was creating um, a, a level of anxiety. You know, every day I went out, I seriously was thinking about my survival because I was in the company of people that was not. If everybody was respecting others, then I think my anxiety level would have been different. But I was always encountering people that weren't, from going to the grocery store to going to work um, to even going coming home because I share a space with roommates. And so now I'm looking at, at their practices, um, you know, and, and people are still, you know, ringing the doorbell and visiting as if nothing has changed. So um, – I created, I really built up this anxiety where I could not breathe. I did not realize why I couldn't breathe is because I was literally having a panic attack. So, of course, you know, these symptoms is, you know, shortness of breath. That just brought on more anxiety. And then uh, we had someone, you know, at our job that uh, had all of the symptoms and just disappeared. We haven't, you know, heard from this person. She hasn't clocked in. We ha We can't get in contact with her, we don't know if she's alive or, or deceased or anything, and that border on another panic. And so um, as what you had said, Deidre, with the, the tug of war, and I think the tug of war is not just in our mind, but how you can find peace sometimes is not just with self. When you get to that point, you need to sometimes reach out to someone to throw you a lifeline. And that's, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about social isolation and how it affects on your mental health. Because there are people that don't know how to handle this on their own. And you may know how to handle it on your own, but this is a time where um, – thinking that people got it or they should get it or they should get over it or they should be able to deal with it on their own, this is a time where, and you had mentioned this in a sidebar conversation, this is a real time when we have to be our sister and brother's keeper. Um, so what is social isolation? Social isolation describes the absence of social contact and it can lead to loneliness. It's a state of being cut off from normal social networks. So they're talking about social distancing, and I love that doctors want to rephrase it. They don't like the word social distancing because it can affect your mental health. Social, uh, they want to re-quote it or rephrase, coin the phrase as physical distancing and not social distancing, and that's real important because social distancing puts you in a place where you are, you are um, not socializing because you cannot physically be in that person's presence, and it's real important that we protect our social behaviors. Um, so I want to talk about social distancing versus social isolation. So working backwards, what is your perception of social distancing and how has it initiated closer bonds with your friends and family, if any? And I want to start with Deidre, Ms. D. Um, I'm so glad that they have begun to use that phrase, physical distancing, because that really is what it is. And I have to tell you, 
now that these new terms have come into our language, social distancing, shelter in place, stay at home, it is amazing how difficult it is to try to rephrase them. So, for example, um, uh, you know, at, uh, at work, you know, we're, we're talking about social distancing. And when myself or, you know, a, a few other people try to kind of, uh, just as you said, rephrase to physical distancing, nope, that's not what it is, it's social. It's not social. It is physical distancing. So when we talk about social distancing, I mean, I think, honestly, that social distancing uh, was taking place even before this pandemic uh, came into place. And what I mean by that is, um, uh, you know, whether we're talking about the increase of technology, uh, well, I'm going to say it this way. You know, once upon a time you would go, you would visit people in person. You would knock on the door. They would let you in. You would sit down. You would have a conversation. You would call people on the telephone. You would chit-chat for a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, whatever. There was your, your social interaction taking place. I feel, though, you know, uh, in, you know in, in, in recent times and, you know, leading up to this pandemic, well, maybe we didn't have as many in-person visits. It was so much more convenient to send somebody a text or send them a message over Facebook. So some of that, to me, social isolation began to happen where we were just interacting with one another electronically. So, so certainly now, now that people, in a sense, were told, okay, you can't go visit, uh, you, you've got to maintain that physical distance, then social interaction has become important again. It has now been placed back on the um, on the front burner. Now, you know, you know, all of us have heard or have participated in whether it's scheduled time to interact with families. I know a lot of families have weekly Zoom calls or daily Zoom calls. People have been calling and checking on people uh, more frequently. They've been doing FaceTime and, and video calls uh, more frequently to maintain uh, those bonds, so those connections um, uh, with our family and friends and our loved ones. So it's interesting how prior to this we we were going down the path of, of isolating from in-person contact with one another. This pandemic has, has put on the forefront our desire and our need to reconnect uh, with one another or remain connected. It'll be interesting to see how when these orders are lifted, uh, in the various states as they go back online, if we will continue um, uh, to promote our social uh, interactions with one another rather than just a text or a phone call. Excellent, excellent. And I agree with you 100%. 100%. I believe that we were more distant when we were able, because we took things for granted, we were more distant when we were able to uh, pick up a phone or get in the car, drive, and ring a doorbell. We were more distant when we had those privileges than um, than than those restrictions being taken away. Um, before I moved to Ms. Darlene, I just wanted to just make this one notation. I had a call from a relative. 
And I was sitting at my desk, and when I saw her name come across, my heart just started to raise. Oh, my God, somebody must have passed. That is so horrible to think that you only receive a call from certain family members when someone passed because that has been the, the mm-hmm. quote norm for us and so I go on break and I call her oh my god is everything okay she said no we just want I just want to check everything's fine and you know everybody's fine I just think that we should all come together on a zoom and just so we can see each other and I and and that's when it really blew up to me like wow this has created a change kind of for the better socially if we realize that, Miss Darlene, I, I I want to hear um, from you. Uh, what is your perception on the quote social distancing and how it has initiated closer bonds with friends and family? If if so, well, I do agree with you both, ladies, when you have stated that the social distancing had already started. So I don't think that was such a big issue. I think the issue became is when we were ordered to stay home. And that privilege was just like, well, you can't do this, you can't do this, and you can't do this. I think that's when the psychological issue or barrier came because we could no longer take it for granted. It was by order. And matter of fact, I kept getting texts and messages saying they were going to make it, uh, bring in the National Guard to make sure people stayed at home and didn't come out. So it sent everybody into this tizzy. What do you mean? How can you tell me what I can and cannot do? So now I think that created the greater issue because we could no longer take it for granted, like you both said. We were mandated to stay home. So I think that was the greatest issue right there because we were mandated to stay home. Now, some people were disobedient, as we all know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but even in the midst of that, our streets still weren't filled like they used to be with people roaming around. So I, I think that's, that, that was the pandemic issue because we were mandated to stay away from one another. Mm. Because even when you're going to stores now, if somebody gets too close, I'm going, I turn around looking at them. Now, I know there's someone <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't say anything, but I think my look on my face say, man, you need to, oh, woman, you need to back that up. Back up. Back up, Mr. Back up. I, I always look at the stickers on the floor and look back up at them. Like you said, you don't have to say anything. Just look at that six-foot sticker on the floor and look up at them, and they'll be like, oh, am I too close? Yes, I yes. am. <laughs> I mean, just overall, we we are just creatures that want to do what we want to do. And and, and it, I think it's just hard for everybody 
regardless, is like we're mandated. Now, whether this helps families or not, I, you know, that would be something personal. Mm-hmm. For mine, mm-hmm. it didn't really change the way we interacted because we didn't call each other all the time anyway. So it wasn't it wasn't one of those type of things. Um, I mean, we felt safe that everybody was okay. We, we were saying, you okay, you okay, okay, you good? All right, now I might not call you for another couple weeks. So for I think that would depend on your family as far mm-hmm. as does that help or hinder. Right. I'm just going by what, you know, my family were. And so basically that, that's how I kind of feel, and that's what has gone on in my 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 world. Okay. And and <clears throat> and just to uh trickle back what you said, it it is it has well what both of you have said. Deidre said that we have practiced this social distancing prior to this this phrase being coined, social distancing. Um, and, and we really have to get that out of our head and just think physical distancing is the safety mechanism. It's not the social distancing. The social distancing is what's going to harm us. And it's starting to create some, uh, you know, some reports of people not being able to handle it, mentally handle it. I had a relative that called me and said that a coworker um, that, they knew lived alone, um, she committed suicide. She she could not handle it. And so living alone for her might have been just the norm because she had that social interaction when she went out, when she went to work. Um, and, you know, obviously, same thing like you said, Ms. Darlene, she probably, you know, maybe spoke to, you know, friends and family weeks apart at a time. But just not having that social interaction played a huge part on her mental state. And that's happening, starting to um, brew with children. Children are home. Children are, are, are really going through a lot because this may have been a monument, mon- monumental year of them graduating. They looked forward to going to proms. They looked forward to graduating from college and walking across the stage and looking out into the audience and seeing huge crowds. I mean, my, my children um, graduated in stadiums. And so you have that, you know, that anticipation of the day that you're going to walk a- across the stage, you know, and you know, the uh, uh, our children graduated from stadiums, you know what I'm saying? You know, trying to figure out mm-hmm. where our people are. And mm-hmm. the shift has stolen that moment from from parents my son is devastated that his kindergarten is uh, kindergartner is not having his graduation. He looked forward to that. <laughs> he was like, "They have stolen that from me." <laughs> um, you know, and and he had planned on taking him uh, to Disney World for his uh, sixth birthday. Uh, you know, uh, you know. So 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 many things have been stolen from yeah. him. When I graduated from kindergarten, I got like. Nothing. Just going to Disney World. I'm gonna call my mother and tell her she owes me a trip. She, 
Right, right, right. And so, uh, you know, that's what really just brings this to mind is that we're going to have to break uh, the norm that we have practiced prior. Um, I have uh, probably talked to my brothers more in this last seven to eight weeks than I have in a year. And, and, And that's a shame to say. We can Mm -hmm. go months and months without, you know, speaking because that has been the norm. And um, so it it, it has made a shift. And we have to, I think we have to consciously make that shift um, now because, as you said, Ms. Darlene, we have been mandated to stay away. And that brings on a different type of, a feeling or anxiety or, you know, persona that now I have to stay away. It was different than, you know, I wanted to stay away or, hey, you know, I see you when I see you. But now somebody telling me I can't go near my grandchild, I can't go visit my grandchildren, I can't go visit my children, I can't show up to a birthday party celebration, that brings on a different um, type of mental state. So I want to... um, I want to uh, actually uh, shift and and kind of move and gradually move this conversation to our next time at the table. Um, So next time at the table, we're going to continue with the social isolation um, versus uh, social um, distancing and the influence it may have on our mental health or state of mind. Uh, We're going to start off with a question. Has social distancing promoted social isolation for you or someone close to you? Um, and, and we will discuss some tips to maintain healthy social behaviors during this time. Um, and we hope that that blesses our listeners um, and um, brings to mind our listeners, hey, reach out and touch. Remember that, wasn't there a song, Reach Out and Touch, Somebody's Hand? Reach out it, and it, touch. It was. And let me just add this. I feel like I have to add this disclaimer at the table. We are not mental health professionals, Absolutely. so if there is anyone that, uh, you know, uh, certainly we, we hope that you, you know, uh, take some nuggets away from our conversation and, you know, uh, and you know that you can reach out to a circle. But I would only say that, uh, you know, if you're feeling uh, that you're unable to cope or you don't have anyone to reach out to, definitely reach out to a mental health professional. Um, or a therapist uh, uh, in your area to, to help uh, help you be able to uh, to deal with this crisis that we have on our hands. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much uh, for that, Ms. D. Yes, we don't want, we're not sitting here pretending like we are, um, you know, the, the experts. So, you know, some of these tips to maintain social behavior will actually be personal tips or tips that, you know, we've come across that have uh, benefit us that may benefit someone else. So thank you so much for that. Ms. Darlene, can you close us out with uh, a blessing or affirmation uh, for the table? Yes, I'll close you out with a blessing. Gracious Father, we thank you for this time to be able to encourage to be able to enlighten, to be able to help someone to a next level as we all take this journey together. We trust you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen. 
And I want to thank our listeners and subscribers for joining us at the table. Looking forward to picking up on this discussion, Let's Talk New Normal, a Radical Movement, on the next Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. Have a great and safe day. Thank you for listening to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. We are so glad you joined us at the table and hope you are able to take away some nuggets that will help you navigate through the challenges of your everyday life. Be sure to share and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Instagram at Table Talk P5 Women to continue the conversation and to share your comments and feedback. We look forward to having you at our table again.